tell you this, uh, this story. So I was going through Heathrow to come back to America, right? Mm. And uh, I was I had some hair gel. And, uh, did I tell you this already? Mm-mm. Oh, so good. So first of all, the line gets split. You know how they pull the the, the thing yeah. that the movie theater band across, and they split me and my wife, right? So I was like, whatever, I can see her, it's fine. So I always opt out of the body scanners. Yeah. So she's telling them How I'm do you op- opt out of body scanners. You tell them I'm opting out. Really? Yeah, they, and they know what to do. Pat dry. And then they just have to patch you down. So she goes. So she tells them I'm pa- I'm patting I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm opting out right. So the 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 Pakistani lady who's working at Heathrow security, she's like, oh, this is not like the ones in America. This is a different technology. So she's yelling at me across like now we're across like 25 feet at least, right? So she's like she's saying I was like I heard her. I don't care. That's not why we opt out. Just don't do it. Yeah. So the lady goes, it's totally safe. I was like. It doesn't matter. We're not doing it. It's not. It's not a safety concern. Although that is a concern, but that's not the only one. Yeah. We're just not doing it. So she goes, "All right, fine, right?" Like, <laughs> so then she, and then she's trying to talk to my wife in a lower voice, like, well, "Why don't you want to do it?" And I was like, "Did you tell her you're opting out? That's all you gotta say, right?" <laughs> so then I turn around to the guy that's uh, going through, gonna go through my stuff. Yeah. So I hold up the plastic bag and I have a, a hair gel in it that's almost empty, um, and he goes. Do you know what? So he points at it and he goes, that gel. And I was like, yeah. He goes, do you know what the size is for uh, liquids, right? And I go, I know it in ounces. (laughs) 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 So he's like, it's 100 milliliters. I was like, okay. He goes, that's 150. I was like, all right, well, but it's a quarter of it. So it's like less than 50. And he goes, doesn't matter. You can't even have the bottle. (laughs) He goes, it doesn't matter. It's the size of Of the the, the container, not the actual amount of liquid. And I was like, well, all right, you can throw it out. And as he's throwing it out, I was, but you know, that makes absolutely no sense. Right? <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? And I go, it makes no sense whatsoever. Well, you're, trying to, you're trying logic here at the airport. Yeah. yeah. Like, so he goes, of course this, it makes this sense. This is a bold move. And I was like, how does it make sense? I, you're worried about the liquid. It's, there's nothing in there. It's just an empty space. Yeah. And he was like, that's what the government said, though. And I'm like, yeah, but it's arbitrary in the first place. But fine. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't care about it. You threw it out. It's fine. By the way, what kind of safety is that, right? If it was dangerous, you just throw you it just in a bin. <laughs> <I know. laughs> well, whatever. It's a stupid. It's it's all theater, right? It's all yeah. it's all security theater. So he's like really disappointed. I'm just walking away at this point with my bags to go through this this the bag scanner, and uh, I go through the bag scanner, and then the 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 white British guy that's at the end of the line, he just waves me past the scanner. And he goes, "All right, you're fine." <laughs> I'm, nice. yell- I'm nice. over here with my hijabi oh my wife. I got a beard. I'm yelling at her, don't go through that scanner. I'm telling this guy, your laws are stupid. Oh my God. Right? And then I-, I go up to the security guy and he's like, oh, you're fine. Oh my God. They, they were probably just fed up because you're American. All that kind of I, have a, I have a couple so, stories about this. Man. So uh, I think we'll, we'll let me introduce. We've been live actually. Uh, okay. Oh, great. <laughs> um, Let's hear it for the TSA. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum, everyone. What's going on? Um, welcome to the Safina Society podcast. Um, so today we're actually out. Our sound guy said he wasn't able to make it due to some family concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, we have with us joining uh, Ali. He was on an earlier son of Saad, son of, son of Saad, Ali bin Saad. <laughs> <laughs> People, of course, know by now that Ben always means Tunisian or Algerian, right? When yeah. you got Ben. Ali Ben Saad. So yeah. Ali is uh, one of the students at Safina Society and also teaches some of the younger classes for explorers uh, at Safina and uh, I think it's, uh, the entry level Arabic. Yeah, in- intro to Arabic. Intro yeah, to Arabic. yeah. So 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 Ali is very involved. Um, so he's going to be joining us today. Today, well, 
here's the thing. I want to discuss this before we get into this topic because I don't want people to feel like this session is just therapy for me and where I rant about my topics. <laughs> Although it is. Although it is. I'm not going to lie. Right? Gender, liberal Muslims. All that. Cetera, cetera. Oh, yeah. I got more. Trust me. I haven't even hit the climax of the real topics. I'm building look, up for people. Look, know. here's the thing. People have to understand. Deconstruction is part of our deen. So long as we're in the parameters of the Prophet's manners, right? Mm-hmm. And his rahmah for people. Mm-hmm. But we deconstruct ideas without... Uh, creating an environment of toxicity and anger towards people because you never know if those people, those individuals, what do they know, right? If you haven't been seeing what people, how, uh, how they're raised and born and what they're going to school, right. not having dads, not having moms, having high school counselors or teachers that are sort of leading them to a certain way of thinking, you think to yourself, what other options did he ever have? This is all he's mm. ever been taught. Mm. So we, as long as we're doing it with that, approach prophetic approach right of not losing our rahma with people who are as the prophet said have mercy with those in the ground and one of the tafsirs that the mashaykh give is those people who are in the mud right of misguidance have mercy on those individuals but the ideas have to be cut apart and deconstructed and made clear to the muslims what they're yeah ourselves in our community and we and we've we've in the last few podcasts really talked about a number of pressing concerns, right? We uh, we talked about technology, gender, um, atheism. We didn't touch on that's going to be today. Uh, we talked about the local community, but I also want our listeners to understand, you know, what's next. Then, okay, a lot of people know these problems. A lot of people will say, okay, I know about traveling imams. What do I do about it? Yeah, right. That's a good question. So, like, I mean, I want to ask you, right? Mm-hmm. For, uh, speaking for our listeners here. What do people do then? Right, there's well, going to be lots of problems we've talked about. A lot about. of issues. One of the things that uh, I've always, my philosophy has always been, is that you have to be practical. You got to have a pragmatic, s- simple solution that people could have, right? And for us locally, Alhamdulillah, we have, we are blessed to have a space to be able to do our stuff, to have our classes, right? And hopefully someday there will be many, many qualified mashayikh, right, teaching seven days a week. Right, we already have Quran seven days a week, and we have mm. content classes twice a week, uh, and if you count Friday, three times a week. Right. It, our path is a path of protecting ourselves from the haram, having wara, right? Having wara, this is number one, and ilm. You can't have wara without ilm in the first place. And our path is not, you know, go out there and try to uh, uh, change society. You can't change what's bigger than yourself. But we protect ourselves, and this is the best dawah to me. Now, someone. Why are we doing this podcast? To reach people virtually, right? To reach them virtually. And we have a lot of content going on virtually. And inshallah, that's going to increase. And one of the main hubs, really, of where the content's going to go is to the systematic ArcView uh, classes that'll be done and put forth through uh, a program we're calling ArcView, which is basically uh, fundamental basics from beginners to, let's say, middle level of knowledge in short video clips systematically you could follow it systematically and learn then it overlaps with the summer uh uh, intensives that we're going to plan now that ramadan has shifted so now we're able to do the summer intensives and this year uh we're actually already in the works to do it in morocco right that's already we're already having talks with groups there right Uh, even one zawiya they offered to sell us a zawiya right 
Anyone have three hundred fifty thousand dollars? <laughs> they want to sell us a permanent Zawiya so that Safina Saida has a permanent spot in Marrakesh. Wow. The, the guys in the community, he said to me, "Look, there's a guy. He, I don't know. He inherited a Zawiya from his granddad or something. He wow. doesn't want to make it a tourist site. He wants to sell it to Muslims, right? And then I told him about you guys, and he wants to sell it to you guys, right? Uh, so I mean, but this is the idea: is that the virtual stuff." And what we actually do on the ground overlaps in the summer. Right? right. And any brothers out there who wants to swing by our Jama'ah, we have a house next to the masjid, right? We call it uh, the Sufa. Right? <laughs> okay. And you got a place to crash. We got some brothers coming from the UK. Like uh, Waqar is coming, inshallah. Oh, yeah, Waqar is coming. You guys get to meet Waqar. So shout out to Waqar. I yeah. have never met this brother. Oh, Waqar. He's now become a friend of mine. Is it, Waqar, uh, Waqar, inshallah, he's getting his yeah. passport uh, I've seen him fixed. He's getting his passport done. And inshallah, he's going to be Allah. coming to stay in So Waqar, you're, you're welcome to join this podcast when you when you, when you land here in the States. He's from, he's <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. That would be really fun. He's from Brum. Brum, yeah. But not to be long-winded about your answer, but the practical answer, one of them at least is, that we're going to try, I, I could say at least what we're trying to offer, right? That we're trying to offer people. And if we'll, what, if that doesn't, is sufficient. Look for a place, right, where there's a sheikh. If you have a local sheikh, right, you got to sit with him once a week, right? You got to go once a week, right? And now, and the other thing that we did talk about, it's pretty drastic, but it's important. You choose the location of where you're going to live based upon, all right, the main factor should be, can I be educated? In my can my children get educated in their dean in this location? This is true. so important. Yeah. People move just for school <laughs> districts, right? You should right. look at the community Definitely. center and the masjid in your locale, and that should be an action point that you do. So, you know, right. we have there are many hamlets out there that have. You just Alex was just talking. We were just talking uh, before we started about Toronto, right? They got stuff going on there. There are a lot of teachers in a lot of areas. Boston, you got Sheikh Yasser Fahmi, yeah. right? Chicago, right. you have Chicago. You have many, many. You got the what is it called? Darul. They have they have uh, like uh, sh- Darul. Is it what is it? Darul Hidayah. Darul Hidayah, I think. Yeah. I forget that. But they have it's yeah. an it's an Sheikh actual Hamza program. Mokbu, like yeah. pretty much, he was one of the big uh, sure. sheikhs there, right? Yeah, and if you don't That's know, talking right, about. then you're in a local community and you have nobody to go to, you know. Maybe you can message us and, you know, based, and we on, could our, based have, on our yeah, network and context, yeah. maybe we can help you out. We have yeah, online definitely. lectures and uh, other than the podcast, right? Check out safinasociety.org. And we're not just saying that to market, but really um, our entire goal as an organization is to bring uh, the dean, right, and traditional knowledge back to people. Yeah. And for me personally, I you know, I learn a lot just from coming to Safina classes themselves right especially the oilam class um and i would say that you know not everybody if they're not local will be able to access our classes and you know maybe we can help out some with the online program that we're going to start in january um but most importantly i think from all i'm hearing is local community local community it's very important to be attached to a teacher it's very important and a good group of friends that's going to be your halas your salvation right uh, after Allah's uh, help, uh, of course, everything is with Allah's blessings, but a teacher and the friends. Now, where do you get your friends? The classes. This yeah. is what best. I was was uh, was attached to someone. They used to make friends with any random person. They'd just be friends with them, right? And I'm telling them, look, you are like a pious person that's on a path. 
you don't know you're gonna have a dispute with all these with these with people if you don't have the same at least fundamental basics mm. right definitely it's, it's either you can be friends with anyone if you don't believe anything <clears throat> right right but if you actually believe in certain things where do you get your friends from and make your ties from you need at least to share that base and it used to be in the islamic society uh you know that base was taught in every single masjid every single masjid had a qualified alim right yeah so it was by default that you're all on the same pretty much on the same ideas and and this isn't saying like cuz somebody can can like clap back and say uh okay well what if what if you're by by doing this you're going to seal off oh that's a very important from different that's a very important but right. the the thing is this you're not cutting yourself off from people we don't advocate that but the people that you're going to be that if you want to establish a long-term friendship with someone right these things happen organically but you need to have the same ideas about life this is common sense, right? Common sense tells you, right? You need to have the same philosophy about morals, yeah. you know, about existence, about what happens after death. You actually need those in order to have a real friendship, not just uh, at work friendship or at the game friendship or whatever. You can have a ton of those friendships, neighborhood French friendships where you just, you know, I'm walking down the street. Hey, how are you? All right, nice cat, right? Stuff like that. <laughs> that stuff is fine. Everyone has that. But right. that's not what you're going to carry for life, like Sheikh Yahya always says about Maqasid, he says, um, what did, what's the phrase that he used, always uses? He said, uh, a lifelong journey, right? What is it? Something, it was like, uh, something, but it was really like a lifelong journey. That means we're together here. When is our mission together over, right? It's when we put each other in the grave. Absolutely. And we make yeah. a dua for people. Then we say, That's a as Allah, right nahba. he has <laughs> done Allah. his job. This person, he did it. He reached the finish line, right? And our, our job, we're, we're on a mission. Our goal is will never be reached in this life. Our goal is going to continue on until we're all put in the grave, right? Then the job is done. SubhanAllah. I mean, and, and that's why, like, I, I just wanted to make sure I hit on this. And we'll try to make, we'll try to hit on this every time where we emphasize a teacher, local knowledge, community, right? The solutions to the, the, the problems that we bring up we can't give the solution in a half hour yeah. or 45 minutes, right? It's, it, it, this is a, a lifelong commitment that you have to make. And, and this the goal of this is really just to point you in the right direction. Yeah. Right. Um, and, but deconstruction is also important. That's why we're here to tell you what – and that's – And most Muslims are wimpy from doing deconstruction. They don't want to do deconstruction. No, of course right. not. They want to say, illallah. But they don't want to say the la ilaha part. And aqidah itself, so, I'm which... sorry to say they get excited about that, but their uh, weakness really is, is weakness is death. Honestly, if you're too weak to bring up the serious issues, right, then you're going to be dead. You're dead already. Right. You know? And aqidah, as a matter of fact, and I'm going to segue this into our conversation, aqidah is really what Allah is not, right? It's, it's negating things. Oh, Right, it's, it's it's half negation. Right, and most a lot of it is negation, and that's what we're trying to do here. What is Islam not? Yeah, right. To bring you back to the truth. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and that's where I want to start our discussion today. Let me just tell everyone: Go for it. if you're writing something down, fundamental piece of ilm about aqidah. You said you just said what is not right. Al Sifat al Salbiya from Abu Hassan al Ashari. Okay, every Muslim actually has already memorized this without realizing that they've memorized. What Abu Hassan Ashari and all the ulama agree upon are five sifat salbiyah that every Muslim has to know. Okay, 
Sheikh, translate negative attributes. Yeah. Negative attribute. That means you must believe that these are not the case for Allah Azza wa Jal, mm. Right? So you ha- you cannot believe that there is more than one, that there's any partner or any equal. You cannot believe that he's in need or dependent <clears throat> upon anything like time or space. You cannot believe that he has an end. You cannot believe that he has a beginning, and you cannot believe that he is in any way similar right, to uh, what we call hawadith or accidentals or anything that is uh, dependent upon time and space. In other words, we would say the creation. And what I said mean by everyone has already memorized this. Qul huwa Allahu ahad. Say Allah is one. That's wahdaniyah. That's one. You just negated any other partnership. Right? <laughs> Allahu samad. Al-ghin al-mutlaq. Samad. Absolutely independent. Right? Not dependent on anything. Time, space. Lam yalid. Al-baqa. He does not have a son. Right? He doesn't have an offspring. Why do we have offspring? Because we're going to die. We need the continuation. Right? That's the only reason we have offspring. Okay. He wasn't born. Right. He was not brought into existence. Right. He is first without beginning. This is Al-Qidam. Right? And there he is none like unto him. That's Mukhalafat al-Hawadith. Right? Unlike his uh, creation. Okay? Completely unlike his creation. So that's it. That's that's it right there. Al-Wahdaniyya, Al-Ghina al-Mutlaq, Al-Baqa, Al-Qidam, and Mukhalafat al-Hawadith. And every Muslim who has any desire to learn should memorize the five negations of kufr, right? And the many things that are negated by just the phrase different from his creation or independent, okay? Al-Ghina al-Mutlaq or Mukhalaf al-Hadid imply many things. This is why Qur'u Allah Ahad is our theology, right? You just, from that surah, it opens up five doors and from those five doors, so many things are negated. So many things are negated. This is a perfect opportunity to break in here and say, this, what you just heard, is the reason why you don't open books look through them especially books on islamic knowledge right because enemy books are written as a guidepost for your teacher to open up these doors for you mm-hmm. they're not written so that mm-hmm. you can just sit with the book and now you have all the knowledge you wouldn't get all of this like mm-hmm. if you if you're reading uh, the tahawiyah by yourself right you're gonna get just the very surface stuff you need mm-hmm. a teacher to go through unpack every single it. line with you and unpack it right but what about those people who say i don't need a teacher i can just read from the book itself no, they need no, somebody to teach absurd. them even that basic fact. Yeah, <laughs> like they're they're already they they've they've totally misunderstood how this works. So, yeah. the the question that that's I called have, compound ignorance, by the way. And I'm gonna play contrarian here. the con- The question I have is, how do I know that the teacher is going to teach me the right stuff? How do I even know that? Well, you don't. Just like you don't know that a teacher in any other subject is going to teach you the right stuff, unless they have qualifications. And their qualifications mm-hmm. are what. If you're going to try to learn physics from somebody, they need a university degree in physics. You're not going to learn physics from some guy that said he studied a lot of time. He spent a lot of time in the library reading physics <laughs> books, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're going to have a teacher, you need somebody that <clears throat> has a teacher who has authorized him to teach. Mm-hmm. And that that teacher had someone that authorized him to teach. And that mm-hmm. these people are all recognized in the community as scholars. We so. call this the methodology right, of the connected chain. Mm-hmm. right? We are the methodology of the connected chain. And that's... In the Quran, very simply, Surah Yusuf, وَفَوْقَ كُلِّ ذِي عِلْمٍ عَلِيمٍ Above every person of knowledge is someone of greater knowledge. That means, if you're learning from someone, and you ask him, well, who are your teachers? When you're telling me this, who taught you that? And that person says, oh, and he goes around and it says, you know, reading a lot, and we say, no, I need a living human. Okay. How do I know that you understood? I, uh, my Sheikh Hafiz Ghulam Yasin, uh, we were reading Sahih Muslim. 
And I said, Sheikh, I come, I driving an hour, right? And we sit for two hours to read about 50 hadiths. Because he gives sometimes 10 hadiths, depending on the explanation. And of course, Imam Muslim, he'll bring you one hadith and he'll bring you like five different different versions of the same hadith. So sometimes it goes quick, sometimes it doesn't. I said, Sheikh, how about, I've read so many of these hadiths. I'm, I already have a PhD here, right? <laughs> this is this is the Western mentality thinking. I got a PhD. I know I know these hadiths, right? I've written a million mm-hmm. times. So why don't I go through the, the book, the chapter, and I'll circle the hadiths that I don't know, wow. right? Then we'll just go over those. Makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. Sheikh, Sheikh, goes, Sheikh says to me, he laughs. He says, I'm not worried about what you don't know. I'm worried about what you think you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. By the way, I'm worried about Mufti if anybody. Mufti Ghulam Yassin, if you're in Jersey City. Oh my gosh, beautiful, beautiful Sheikh. Literally, you know how I, I, I came across him? Like I was in a masjid in some random area in South Jersey. And I saw this man get up with his turban, a stick, the ring, the scarf, his beard. Immediately, like Quran says, Sima hum fi wujuhihim. Subhanallah. I immediately Subhanallah. said, This man's upon guidance. I just looked at him, right? So, so I had never actually met this person until I, I came with you. I used to go to his masjid. You came with me that one time to visit when he was yes, sick? Yes, yes, I went yeah. sick, yeah. Nice. Uh, I came, so his masjid is actually, I used to go there to pray Jumu'ah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Grove Street, right? In Jersey yeah. City. Oh, that's the that's Grove the masjid. Street masjid. Oh, now, wow. a lot of people go in there and they see, you know, especially Daisies, right? We have like a very stereotypical attitude towards sheikhs. I mean, and I know I and many of my friends did the same thing, right? We're like, okay, yeah, this is just enough. another day sheikh, right? Yeah. And then I met him with you, and I was like, wow, yeah, this is this is a person of knowledge. He is a he is a man of knowledge, and he is someone <laughs> that when he when he teaches hadith, you're like, this man should be there. Should be a documentary on this man. Allah. Just the way he'll tell you. Well, in this book. It's with this wording. And from this Sahabi, it's from this wording. And when this Sahabi narrates, or when this transmitter narrates from that transmitter, it's weak. But when he transmits from this transmitter, it's strong. Why? Because he took from that transmitter when that when is that transmitter was old, right? So you can't take it when you you can't take that link. Right? You can't take that link, but you could take this link and that link and that link. And then sometimes he'll say, Look, go up, get that book from that shelf, open it up. To the middle, right? Go to chapter such and such and read that line, and then you read that line. I'm telling you, it's like another world. And this is a real sheikh. He says, "My, he was sent over, believe it or not, in the late '60s. His sheikh sent him over, right? In the late '60s, and then his sheikh himself came, or sorry, another an older student came, and they set up in Harlem. Yeah. They set up in Harlem, wow. right? Wow. So they wow. they set up there." And they've been teaching ever since. And not seeking fame, not seeking, you know, quote unquote, speaking tours, just teaching the deen, right? And I'm telling you, when you go there, there are a number of solid brothers around in that community, solid families. So this returns to what we talked about last week, which is if you want a criteria for who you're going to take knowledge from, look for somebody that's not on tour, Mm -hmm. that's not at all the conferences, that's not on YouTube, Mm -hmm. and then go find that person, right? I mean, that's not to say... That people are on tours. It's not to say that at all. But if you want somebody that's going to be every week in the same masjid Mm -hmm. and you're going to go sit with them. You need that. You need somebody who's there, right? You need somebody who's there. Not somebody who 
it's hard to even say something like him Graces his graces yeah. you with his presence. Yeah, not only that, some sometimes these people they don't even want any of this, but you can't even get to someone to say salam alaikum mm-hmm. because they're just inundated with like Other fans, people, right? yeah. not even students, just fans. And th- and this is what people confuse the scholar side of the sheikh and the celebrity. <clears throat> You can't don't be confused by the celebrity of the sheikh, right? right? And and think that oh that's the, that's what's great. A lot of times you have gems and jewels. Sheikh Abdurrahman son of Murabat al-Hajj in southern Spain. I mean, he is free all day for students. <laughs> free all. And when I was there, hey, you could call him at any time. And I'm telling you, this is someone. If people knew the benefit from one hour sitting with him, right? Just sit with him for one hour. The benefit. There should be people lined up at the door. Maybe we can do yeah. a maybe we can do a summer intensive in. I know. Uh, yeah, Andos. that would be great. <laughs> in the future. So, alhamdulillah. I mean, I wanted to bring that up, and mm-hmm. uh, inshallah, we'll keep sending those reminders. But I do want to talk about our new topic for today. What is it? So, Let's get it. so I before <laughs> uh, so you already posted this on your Facebook, but uh, um, Saad Saad and I earlier we were discussing the atheist Muslim article. Uh-huh. That, that I sang this morning, right? Um, Oxymoron, right? So there's an article for our listeners. And don't look this up because I, I I don't believe in spreading this nonsense. Yeah. But I want people to be aware. I'm not going to even send you this link. Mm-hmm. If you find this link, no, just shut it off. Well, if, if you meet a person like this, right? <laughs> if you meet a person like just this, right? Close the lights the, and leave. the article was about atheist Muslims and how atheist Muslims are the key to our survival. Or wow. something, some nonsense like this, right? And now... Not only do I want to break this oxymoron, right, of atheist Muslim, Saad's not here, but he brought up a, a really good point. What do we do when people start saying, hey, I'm not an atheist Muslim, I'm a Muslim atheist, right? Yeah. What's the what's the divide <laughs> between an atheist Muslim and a Muslim atheist? You see how crazy these terms and this conversation can get? Yeah, I mean, this, <laughs> so, is, this so is why, uh, uh, like this, what I've said is, it's time to straighten the rows and pray janazah on meaning because nothing means anything anymore. Mm. Nothing has, there are no facts anymore. There is no object. Nothing is objective. Everything is, when everything is whatever you want it to mean, all right, number one, remove yourself from public dialogue. You can't talk to these people. Number two, get ready for oppression in society because when you have removed objective meaning from anything, that means the oppressor also has the truth. He's his own version. Right, insane. It's absolutely true. Yeah, it's crazy. And then that's why, like, right, there is no meaning in anything. Then what does Muslim atheist mean? It's like that video I was telling you about, right? At the end of the video, right, it was a video entitled, you know, what is a Muslim? And at the end of the video, a lady goes, you know, one day I brought my atheist boyfriend home to my father, and my father said, you know, a, a Muslim is anyone who submits to a, a force greater than himself. Mm-hmm. Like Shaitan. Yeah. <laughs> so where, where do you get that definition? And so he asked the girl, you know, does your boyfriend submit to gravity? And she says, you know, yeah. So he's like, well, then he's a Muslim because he submits to a wow. force greater than himself. Wow. That's nice. What a, what a, what a. Uh, that's just. The atheist boyfriend might be more Muslim than not. the father. Uh, <laughs> if the atheist boyfriend has any sense, you realize what kind of family you're getting involved in. <laughs> I had a, I had a professor who, um, yeah. uh, my first mistake was taking an intro to Islam class. That's a but... disaster. <laughs> oh, by the way, you, you're talking about pragmatics and action points. Do not take Islam in college. 
Absolutely definitely not. don't. So Ali already made yeah. that mistake. Yeah, yeah. I made that really? mistake. But don't repeat that, rep- that mistake if you're in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> it was a degree required. Can you drop out now or are you still <laughs> No, I Take gotta... a W. <laughs> do they still have Ws? Only Rutgers does that. I don't know. I, 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 no yeah, yeah we, we do that. We yeah. do that. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I have a very, uh, mashallah, passionate mother. So uh, I, I don't think I would survive a W. Okay. But um, uh, he, I, I remember a distinct debate in that class in which... He, the professor was trying to argue the concept of a secular Muslim or like an atheist Muslim, like basically a Muslim who doesn't practice or or doesn't um, uh, acknowledge like the the adhan. I think a quote for him from him was that when he hears the adhan, he hears just a man singing. He's an Arab. He was born in the Middle East, Muslim yeah. family. His mother goes to Hajj every year. All right. You know what? Yeah. But and 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 this guy he debated this whole point the entire class. And and subhanallah, the girl who defended the Muslims or the or the definition of religion mm-hmm. was a Christian, and she said she's from like Newark, so she had like very strong, passionate, you know, uh, uh, saying to to what she said. But she said like you you can't have it both ways. Like it doesn't work like that. You I you either are Muslim or you're out. Like yeah. you you can be you can be Palestinian, you can be Egyptian, but you can't be a Muslim. Like you have to be in the faith. It's not a race. It's not an yeah. ethnicity. But you know, I think I think that a... I think that one of the reasons that this happens is because Islam is such a huge part of the Muslim's life. Yeah, and if you come from a Muslim part of the world, Islam informs every single aspect of your life. It's like air, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. people who have no iman. Will still say, "Oh yeah, but I'm from a Muslim culture, yeah. and so I consider myself culturally or ethnically or like a heritage Muslim." But yeah. I'm sorry, it's not how it works. It's not how it works. <laughs> it's not an immutable. It's a choice and an yeah. action and a verb and something you do and a sacrifice, a big sacrifice. It's like the color of your skin. Like you, 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 you can't change immutable. It. Color of your yeah. skin is immutable. I mean, if Being, you came from Europe 200 years ago, you would be like, "I'm from a Christian society." But if you were an atheist, you were an atheist. You were yeah. not. You're not a Christian yeah. atheist. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that, and that's why, like, uh, it's sad that, and that's what's happened to Judaism, right? You have reformed mm. Jews now. You have yeah. secular Jews now, and you have if somebody's Jews. listening to this five years from now and they want a Muslim's opinion, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> there is no such thing as an atheist Muslim. Well, let me tell you something. Though. The, even even uh, Jews goes back to Yehuda, who is a person. So Jew is a lineage as well, mm-hmm. which right. you could have an atheist Jew, right? right. He could be whatever you want because it is an atheist. By lineage. It's a lineage. By lineage. Yehud, yeah, we call him before while they still had the covenant. The Quran calls him Bani Israel because Israel is Yaqub, right? But after they broke the lineage, uh, the covenant. By rejecting Prophet Isa and Maryam, Quran now calls them the Yahud, which means he's referring to them by their lineage to the next sundown, who was a, the ne- the first non-prophet son that they had, the father, forefather, which is Yehuda, right? Because prophets, their lineage is cut by kufr. Like, let's say you're from the, uh, you have a tree in your household. Okay, you're an Indian family. You have a tree in your household that says, "We go back to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam." We tell you, this is a prophet. His lineage is not by blood alone. It's unlike anyone else. His lineage is by blood and iman. If if you break the iman and you don't believe anymore, then you're not from his lineage. In the sight of Allah on Yom Qiyamah, you're not from his lineage. So right? the Queen of England, no good. The Queen of England, no good. <laughs> Steve Jobs, he wasn't a Muslim, right? Yeah. He didn't believe. He he said, "I'm I'm fifty fifty on God." We don't know the ultimate destiny of people. We're not going to say that. But we do know that he wasn't. So that he's not Ahl Bayt. You could say his lineage was from that originally, but it's not Ahl Bayt, right? 
I didn't actually so, so, know that he even had. Yeah, it was from a Syrian family. So let me throw a curveball. That were known as Ahlul Bayt. Here, here's a curveball. Um, so you said like, for example, uh, the, the the Jews are a lineage. It's a lineage. Right? Yeah. And then, and then you have you have the hadith from Rasulullah and also mentioned in the Quran that human beings are all Bani Adam. Yeah. So, so technically, some guy can come five years down the line and just be like, you know, we're all sons of Adam. So mm-hmm. you know, and and Adam was also a Muslim. Okay, I mean, so I can I, I, I can be I can be an atheist. Either way? Like uh, then it would you would still be cut if you stop believing. It was the prophetic lineage is cut. So there yeah. there are the brothers there are brothers. Yeah. In humanity, right? And it. a lot of a lot of ulama interpret like hadith about want for your brother what you want for yourself. Mm-hmm. That this is meaning the brotherhood of man, mm-hmm. right? The brotherhood of Bani Adam, mm-hmm. not necessarily mm-hmm. just the Muslim brothers. Mm-hmm. So which that's we, fine. Which is we have to have that. We I mean, gotta have compassion for people for, for of misguidance yeah. who are upon misguidance. I mean, what exactly like, like I'm and I'm not, I'm not even just saying for the podcast, like, but like what. What is an atheist Muslim? Is this someone that just like likes eating pakoras? Somebody or no, somebody who believes <laughs> La ilaha wa Darwin Rasulu. Uh, <laughs> that's basically it. I mean, uh, the La ilaha part. I think we all agree on that, right? And then uh, what comes next? Though that's the problem. Yeah. That, 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 that's also what goes wrong when you when you use Arabic words in English sentences because Muslim, the meaning yeah. of Muslim is just what submit uh, to Allah. And, and here's the thing, people. We have to go back to the named, right, and the namer. Islam is the one religion where it wasn't named by the enemies, right? Like no one named us what we are. Mm. They tried Muhammadan, but it didn't. It didn't yeah, it didn't last. Yeah. But what do you have in the Quran? He named you the Muslims. And the Damir, some say that the, the pronoun he goes back to Allah. Azza wa Jal. This mm. is the dominant opinion. And others say it was from Ibrahim. Either way, this is a big... Uh, Right, it's dignified. Right, hmm. he named you Muslim. So, who is it that gets to decide what a Muslim is? Right, it's Allah Himself. Allah. And the ulama have given a very simple definition. And again, if people want to learn something and you want to get something practical, you should memorize this definition because it's basically under attack. This meaning of what a Muslim is, right? And the meaning of Muslim in Arabic is Man amana bi Muhammadin sallallahu alaihi wasallam nabiyan. Right. Whoever believes that Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that this individual who came in history, who's documented, was the last and final prophet, and everything that he brought, which has been known by necessity, and the meaning, the phrase "known by necessity" means it is knowledge that has been spread so far and wide that no two people disagree. For example, we know that there's one God. There, Muhammad is the messenger. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Hajj is at Mecca. We pray five times a day. Pork is haram. Alcohol is haram. Zina is haram. Etc. Etc. These are known by necessity. And he goes against, right? Whatever goes against that. So you you can't say I believe in a, of the Prophet peace be upon him, and I also believe in the Trinity, right? <laughs> you have to contradict and disbelieve in everything that is mutually exclusive with what the Prophet sallallahu brought, right? You have to disbelieve. Okay, man, why are you taking videos? This guy. What are you taking? A panorama here? He's taking like panorama videos. <laughs> do, 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 for the I, audience, I got, for the, for the audience that's actually too, trying so. to pay attention. Let's <laughs> not even edit that out. Son <laughs> of Sad here has takes out his phone, takes a panorama picture, and then hits play on it to watch it. And he has the volume up. 
Honestly, see, he wants to take a look at these neat mics that that uh, that Moyen brought. This is this is at those times where like I denounce my millennial uh, uh, your your sympathy for your millennials. Oh, I don't have sympathy for millennials. Well, I, yeah, actually, oh, actually, I'm not a millennial. I'm Generation X. Apparently, how no, you're not Gen X. You're Gen. You would be Gen me. Gen X is Gen X. Dr. Shelley. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what's Gen. after millennial? Gen- I, I think no, I missed homelanders, like the- homelanders, homelanders, which means they will, be, they will be shocked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they call them homelanders because they, their their attribute is that they will be shocked by the events of life. <laughs> that what's Wait, you're happen. not a millennial. Oh, yeah, I, I missed millennial. the cutoff by like a year or something. Like what, are, what year are you born? Uh, nineteen ninety. Well, what you just did but is wait, already indicative. Oh, not, oh, it's oh, already so like you're a millennial actually thing, but. after millennials. I'm like a year. I'm like a couple years so after. So you're a homelander, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, so basically, what we're saying is that this is the definition of a Muslim, right? You believe in that the this man Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the last and final messenger from Allah Azza wa as Abdul Hakim Murad used to put it, the last bus home. Every other bus is stopping here. Right? It's not working. Then, and everything he brought, which is known by necessity, okay, and to disbelieve in everything that goes against him. And Sheikh Muhammad Al-Aqubi, he gave an example. He said, you're a Muslim, you memorize the whole Quran, you fast all of Ramadan, you pray all night, and you say, La ilaha illallah, all day long. But you also believe in the Trinity and in an idol. Are you a Muslim? We say you're not a Muslim because you contradicted something Mm. that is known by necessity that we don't have any idols and we don't believe in the Trinity, right? So this is this is this is the second point here that we're bringing up that a listener who wants to actually take some ilm that he should write it down and memorize this definition. Maybe we'll put it on a uh, PDF and put it up on the the site. Yeah, we can can put it on the website or even just uh, because these are fundamentals that people have to know. Little nuggets of ilm that help you build a home that becomes basically like. Guarded, guarded heart from these types of ideas that are going around. And and you know what the issue is? And this might get a little deep, right? But the issue is people are obsessed with tangible, Mm -hmm. empirical understanding, right? Um, And Alex sent me an article this morning about multiverses. Right, and we're gonna talk about this. I don't want to confuse anybody. You mean like you mean like the Flash multiverse, like like in comics, or well, that's where they got it. <laughs> well, like in physics, <laughs> but it's from physics. But the Flash met a guy. This, this, this is how you know I'm I'm after the millennial. That's generation. okay. I like the Flash. <laughs> so so just before we move on to the topic, I mean just to, just to button up that question is there's no such thing as a Muslim atheist or an atheist Muslim. Correct. The two things don't exist. It's a contradiction of terms. It's a jumble of words which do not result in anything that is in actual existence. And yes, I am erasing whoever's identity mm-hmm. thinks that that's their identity, and I'm not concerned with it because you just you're completely wrong. The it's, same. It's like saying a feline dog, <clears throat> or a square triangle, communist. a square triangle, or a black white dress, or a capitalist communist, like. or a capitalist communist. Yeah, <laughs> it's that'd, not gonna that, happen. That'd be just a terrible. <laughs> it's combination. like uh, yeah. <laughs> that'd be tragic. It's 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 mutually exclusive coming together that means خلاص, the public discourse is done right mm-hmm. the same yes, does it, the it same is. apply for an agnostic muslim let's make this clear too agnostic yeah, of course yes <laughs> uh, a muslim he can have whisperings of shaitan we say a, a muslim he can have whisperings. shaitan is telling him things and he's in his ear but a muslim does not even have doubt 
in Allah and his messenger, books, angels, all the prophets, and the day of judgment. A Muslim doesn't doubt these things at all. Right. He could have whisperings like, oh, shaitan is getting to me. This philosophy professor is getting to me, right? Uh, Huffington Post articles are getting to me, right? <laughs> fine. <laughs> we tell you fine, right? Yeah. We tell you fine. A Muslim can have whisperings. That means you have iman, but you're, you, have, you don't have walls up, right? You, don't, you need your firewalls up, okay? We'll do dhikr, Quran, ilm, knowledge, right? But a Muslim will never have doubt. He will never say, I'm, I'm, I, I'm 50-50 on the Day of Judgment. It's not going to happen. Right. Or, I'm not sure whether I believe in God or not. I just, I don't think there's enough proof. Yeah. Well, then you're not, you're not a Muslim. Right. Yeah. yeah. Even someone who says, I'm actually thinking, am I in the right religion? That's actually in the books, in, in Reliance of the Traveler, you read it. That's one of the asbab of takfir. Right, really? that you'll wow. be outside of Islam if you ever say, you know what? I don't know if I want to be a Muslim, if I want to stay Muslim or not. Right? Um, uh, 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 unfortunately, some really miskin was telling us the other day. Every day I contemplate leaving Islam. I tell, I, I don't want to tell him. Unfortunately, I don't want to tell him the reality is you already left Islam. By that doubt, that means you have doubt in the existence of God, this Prophet. Right? So unfortunately, obviously, I don't want to tell him that because we're we're really trying to balance to have some compassion with people who are, uh, you know, uh. Just, just, just out there, but, yeah. but, but the reality is, you've already actually broken the covenant by having doubt. Just to clarify, Sheikh. Yeah. So, if somebody has the thought, the thought, like it, it's a, it glances, like it comes into their mind that that um, that there's another god, or no, or god. yeah, or like this maybe is, Christianity might be a good thing. This is Wiswas, and what he says and does will re- is a rejection of it. For example, we all get bad thoughts. Wow. You can you can be thinking uh, you can get a thought from Shaitan that there's another that there's another God and that our God right is just controlling our universe but far far away there's another God with another universe right mm. you can get that thought in your head but what is your conscious mind is different from your thoughts right sure. your yeah. conscious mind tells you I reject that La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah there's only one God there is no other God in another universe or anything like that mm-hmm. right so that's the difference between the thoughts that come into your head and your conscious thoughts, the thoughts that you would put down on paper mm. and say, this is what I believe. Right. And, and this is the, just interject. There's, there's the Hadith that, uh, I think it's from say Muslim and, mm. and Norway has a commentary on it in which one of the Sahaba came to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and said, we find in ourselves things that are too terrible to speak Ooh, of, meaning e- really wow. evil thoughts. SubhanAllah. And the Prophet ﷺ said, is it true that you're, is this true? You're having these thoughts? And the Sahabi said, yes. And Rasulullah ﷺ said, it's a sign of clear faith. SubhanAllah. That you have this. And Noe's commentary is that the fact that you think that this waswas is a bad thing yeah. means that you're having man. That means you detected it. Yeah. yeah. So you recognize it for something evil. Because if, if you didn't have it, you man, you you would roll with it. Subhan. And you yeah. would let that West West take you. Yeah. So that's that's the answer for the, for those people. Yeah, you can have those thoughts. And if you have them as long as you recognize them that they're bad, yeah. then that's uh, the Prophet said this is the sign that you have Iman. Alhamdulillah. Right. And you know, this usually if you take an Aqidah class, right, it's it's at least recent ones they start on this concept of empiricism and empirical reality and what we mean by this is things that you can touch feel hear sense with your five senses mm-hmm. right and lots of people especially in today's, wait wait what did you say that when you take aqida class most a lot of aqida classes what do they say right they talk about the concept of empirical reality okay right 
and I've heard this in a few places, mm -hmm. right? That, and you've talked about this as mm -hmm. a matter of fact, right? That empirical reality is not necessarily true, mm -hmm. right? So for example, uh, I think Sheikh Hamza Makbul talked about this somewhere. He mentioned the concept of zero, mm -hmm. right? Like you can show someone one, you can show someone two, you can show someone three, right? But you can't show someone zero. Like, show, like show me zero. Audrey. You can't demonstrate nothingness. That's true. Demonstrate That's true. zero. Well, I would just hold my fist up. I, yeah. I, I mean, people can't see this, but I would just hold my fist up. But that's, that's just your fist. Thought. That's not zero. So the absence of fingers, you say. The absence of, of fingers. Some, yeah. yeah, basically, yeah. right? So zero is actually a philosophical concept. I'll look that up. Um, but well, anyway, we, we had a millennial with us right here. You could look it up. Look right it up. <laughs> He's got his phone in his hand 24-7. <laughs> I mean, look that up. Look that up. Um, but anyways, uh, the concept of zero is purely. Look at this. He's he's now playing back. It's, it's, you know what's so upsetting about it? It's not that. It's that. First of all, he has a Nexus phone. Mashallah, right? Oh, yeah. You should. But then he doesn't even know how to use it. I thought they were supposed to be good at this. Well, he started. He like, could. I'm he double his age. I'm better on my phone. Than well, he couldn't hold back. He had to rewatch the video that he just recorded. Uh, it's better than sad. Who almost died on our podcast last week from choking, and we don't have insurance that's for true. that. Man. <laughs> we're not covered. Safina Saidi podcast is not covered for dying on the program. Uh, but anyways, like I was saying, yeah. right? Zero is a philosophical concept. You can't touch, feel, hear. You yeah. Zero. You but can't you demonstrate it. it. But you believe in it. That's true. But a lot of these things are like that. And now what modernist thinking has done is make you believe that you need to touch, feel, hear, see, or yep. see, you know, with your five senses. Otherwise, it doesn't exist. And that's the first thing that Quran negates. When Allah says, Alif, Lam, Meem, Kitab, this book, there's no doubt in it. Guidance for the for the pious. And now, how does he define the pious? The first definition of piety: They believe in the unseen. This is the first uh, the first description of piety is belief in the unseen. No, you know. Yeah. Oh, so the, the oh, but, but Ali the was too slow. Alex actually got a first. Uh, yeah. oh, oh, I had it. I was just. Oh, I'm sure. You did. <laughs> he got distracted by, by by Snapchat. I think Pikachu's here. He's <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Yeah. Well, Ali is the best of them too. So yeah, imagine what the rest of them. Oh my gosh. Um. So what's the answer? It was uh, Indian mathematician about 200 years before the time of the prophecy. Okay, yeah, because I was wrong. Okay. Um, okay. But anyways, the point is zero is a concept. Now, yeah. you were just mentioning the Quran negates this. The first description in the Quran, of course, after Surah Al-Fatiha, the first description of Al-Muttaqeen, the people who will benefit from this book, is that they believe in the unseen. That you are not an empiricist. You can be an empiricist for worldly subjects, right? Like we're not going to say, go to this carpenter, use this carpenter to build your house because of some unseen thing. No, for worldly sciences, we're empiricists, right? You're not going to say, take this medicine because, you know, um, I have a good feeling about it. No, but we do believe, you have to believe in your cosmology that there is a layer above the material. And that is a huge, something called, we call the medakut. And the only information we have about this layer, right, about this reality, is from prophets. And therefore, whenever when the prophets say something about that, then it is more important than the empirical, right? Yeah, it's a greater reality than the empirical. Yeah, prophethood is more important, for, is more firm for us than gravity. Prophethood will never go away. Gravity can go away. Don't you believe that the Red Sea was split, right? So gravity, Allah can control, take it, uh, take it away or put it, keep it. But 
profits don't go away, right? They will always be profits. So it's even more uh, important for us than uh, the material. So, you know, the, the interesting thing in the, the, the article that I sent Moeen earlier that he was referencing specifically touches on this. So some physicists, um, famously Brian Greene, who's at Columbia, they believe in the unseen, but it's a material unseen. And Green argues forcefully that the basic laws like gravity uh, and our mathematics here will apply in those unseen. So they believe in this concept of the multiverse. So it's not just our universe, but yeah. there's possibly an infinite number of <laughs> other true, universes yeah. that can be very, very strange and very different. Not just like there's another uh, Moine sitting and recording a podcast in an, in an alternate universe, <laughs> although that could also be. But that there's just this countless number. There's of an them. infinite number of choices and universes that occur. So, for example, they give this example of Schrodinger's cat, right? There's a cat inside of a box, right? And there's a radioactive, some sort of poison or something that's in the box. Mm -hmm. After some time, this poison will escape and the cat will die. Um, now, there's two possibilities when you open this box. Well, you open this box and either the cat is dead or the cat is alive in another universe, right? Now, they say that as soon as you now open this box an infinite universe is created because there's an infinite number of choices that you could have made while okay. opening this box. The, no. Now they believe this. Mm -hmm. But he, and here's the key. <laughs> here's the key to this, right? Because this is the absolute key. That's funny, that's funny Mike. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's the, the, really, the, real, the, the real sticking point on this for me is that they admit that there is no physical evidence of this. They have no... Okay. So it's no so empirical evidence whatsoever. Physics. Hypothetical. <laughs> hypothetical. They, but they call it theory yeah. all the time. It's not they even use, theory. It's imagination. But theory. they use the term theory. Yeah. And then when you when they get called on it, they go, well, we're just using theory colloquially. Right? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a hypothesis because it has no evidence. Yeah, no. And, and it's not even, you can't even experiment. You, can't you, will even, never, you will never be able to experiment. It's not it. demonstrable. You know, you know what's it's, even funnier? It's literally, because it's literally outside of our physical universe. So there can never be you can never a test. test. You know what's even funnier? <laughs> but they really you, believe in it. Not only is it outside of your physical universe, the other infinite universes have different physics that so you could never even know what they are. <laughs> we'll <laughs> so, figure that out. So Green <laughs> argues that no, the That's... physics have to be the same across the board. Well, and and so I was listening to an interview with him and they, he was pushed. They were like, well, wh why do you? He was like, well, because that's what works here. And these are the, the these these equations and this our understanding of, that had led to our, our understanding of the physical universe or would also give us the idea that there could be other universes or that there are other universes as we believe. So we think that they would have to be the same. So let me ask, <laughs> these people are getting paid at a university at an elite to come university. up with this stuff. Yeah. I mean, at an elite university. Now, but don't, you know, Colombia. Yeah. This is also where all the cultural Marxists went uh -huh. after yep. during World War II and yeah. ended up teaching all the nonsense that they taught yeah. in philosophy, right? So, yeah. and, and there's the, gonna and, and and just in case there's like a a physics major that listens to this podcast, a Muslim physics major, I don't want them calling us out on some something we got on this multiverse <coughs> theory incorrect. You know, yeah. no, look, put a comment, and obviously we're not throwing all the physics out. Some people get offended, right? You're throwing yeah. all our science out, and you're a bunch of imams and don't talk science. They always give me this stuff, right? I'm telling you, look. I'm not throwing, we're not even commenting on the physics. We're commenting on imaginations, right? Nah. But number, number. Yeah, but what we're but not wrong, see, about, what I, we're not wrong about here is yeah. the fact that they believe in the unseen, that there's no physical, empirical, testable uh, evidence yeah. of the existence of this. And yet it's something that a lot of uh, premier physicists at top universities believe. Mm -hmm. so, believe is the correct word. 
And in fact, again, Brian Green, when being put, when he was pushed on, isn't this just faith? He goes, I don't like to use that word, but in this case, I'll say that I do have faith that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. so, so like faith is oh, like a man. taboo word for them. But <clears throat> the thing, so the crazy part about it is it's, it's, they're admitting that there's something out there that's, that nature possesses things that are immeasurable, untouchable. You can't weigh it. You can't count it. Your your tests and your experiments will never apply to it, right? We believe in that, but it has to just be another physical universe. And when you talked about him saying that there are actually physical places that are seen, uh, we we have in our concept of ghaib, this it is partially seen, for example, hmm. but it's an issue is when. For example, ghaib to us, right, is let's say the jinn. Let's say the heavens, seven skies above us, and then heaven, paradise, and hell. So they're unseen now, but they will be seen for us in the future, right? They will be seen for in the future. Uh, Ghaib also can mean everything that you will not see or don't know. So even when you go to the afterlife, there will be still many things that you don't know, right? Many things that you don't see. Then Ghaib has a more temporary term, for example, to belief in the Ghaib also includes belief in the second coming of Sayyidina Isa bin Maryam. The return of Sayyidina Isa bin Maryam, the Dajjal, right? All of these, Imam al Mahdi, that's Ghaib, that will become not Ghaib for that generation. It's right in front of them. Likewise, we believe in Prophet Isa, the splitting of the Red Sea, Sayyidina Musa. That is Ghaib for us, it wasn't Ghaib for them, right? Right? Because right. they saw it, but for us, it's Ghaib, and we just believe it. So, the, our concept of Ghaib, and then ultimately does have a fifth category, or whatever number we're on, of that which will always be uh, uh, unseen physically or literally non-physical entity and that is Allah Azza wa right so angels you'll see an angel when you die you'll see an angel when you go in your grave you'll see an angel on Yom Qiyamah you'll see the jinn coming to get their hisab right you'll see all these things but Allah Azza wa likewise we, we believe that you will see Allah Azza wa but we, he's not physical how you will see him this is for not your business just get there first right but you should know that he's obviously uh, he's not a jism he has no bodiliness so in that sense it's not physical but will be seen but it will not be seen in totality just as you never see the moon in total right you see that part of the moon right or that element of we shouldn't even because the prophet said do you see this moon you'll see Allah as you see this moon which means they won't be jostling right to see but also right uh, Quran says لا تدركه الأبصار you will never encompass your vision of Allah. When we have a, when we get to see the divine vision of Allah Azza wa Jal, we will never encompass Allah Azza wa Jal, right? While He is not made of sides or angles or parts, right? But we will never encompass. So these are all commentaries about the ghaib for us and different angles about the ghaib. And um, I want to interrupt here just uh, real quick. We are hitting like an hour, and I'm wondering if uh, we can break this podcast into two. Right, this will be part one. Yeah, let's break and it up. And then we'll break it up into two. So this will conclude our part one. So thank you everyone for listening to the Safina Society podcast. Uh, join us on part two as we continue our discussion. Sure.